figured tonight was as good as any to read out of this big, beautiful Bible that uh, often doesn't move from over there. So our first reading this evening, our Old Testament reading from Job in the 30th chapter. Because God has loosed my cord and humbled me, they have cast off restraint in my presence. On my right hand, the rabble rise. They push away my feet. They cast up against me their ways of destruction. They break up my path. They promote my calamity. They need no one to help them. As through a wide breach they come, amid the crash they roll on. Terrors are turned upon me. My honor is pursued as by the wind, and my prosperity has passed away like a cloud. And now my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction have taken a hold of me. The night racks my bones, and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. With great force, my garment is disfigured. It binds me about like the collar of my tunic. God has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. This is the word of our Lord. Our epistle reading from 2 Corinthians uh, in the fifth chapter. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This is the word of the Lord, the sixth chapter. Let's try that again. I'm going to go with those verses, 11, 20 to 30. These are going to be a little harder to hear to begin with. Then he began, Jesus began, to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is the gospel of our Lord. And grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, you gather us together into your presence as we are reminded of our sins which bring death, yet we also trust in the promise of life that you bring us in Christ. And we pray that you move by your Spirit. Remove distractions from our hearts and minds as we rest in your promises for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Ash Wednesday is always one of those odd days because the day normally starts with a lot of joy. You heard the laughter in there around dinner time and the fun that we all have together. And then we come in here and I mark you with a sign of death. Doesn't seem to go hand in hand really when we think of those things at all. But it's amazing to kind of feel how the tone always changes as the night goes on and you start to realize the somberness of what it is that I'm saying when you walk up here and I say, from dust you are and to dust you shall return. We don't often think of death and our mortality. In fact, so often, more often than not, we try to ignore those things. If you look around for most of the culture, most everybody wants to hold on to their youth for as long as possible and push aside the fact that we start to hurt and ache as we get older and anything that we can do to make ourselves look younger and act younger and feel younger and be younger, that's what we want to hold on to. We never really want to look at the fact that death is real. We'll use phrases to soften it. We'll do anything we can to walk away from it. In fact, uh, Sometimes we even try to counsel folks and say, well, you know, God just needed another one in heaven. That doesn't help. It hurts, nonetheless. Anytime a loved one is gone, it hurts. Death hurts. And suffering is no different. I mean, suffering is just as hurtful as anything else. And whenever those times of trial and suffering come about, more often than not, we may with good intent look at somebody and say, don't worry, God has a plan. Really? I don't like the plan because it hurts. Or there's something that you can learn through. Yeah, it hurts, <laughs> and I don't want to do it anymore. That's what we hear with Job. I mean, as Job's whole life, he was prominent. He had everything going on. He had a very respected family within the community. His business was doing well. He was blessed beyond measure, had every bit of everything that everybody would look for. He regularly tithed. He was at church all the time. He brought everything to the soup supper. I mean, it was everything that was going on. He and his family did it well and perfectly. There was nothing that anybody would have thought that Job deserved God's wrath and punishment for. So when that time came, it hurt. And folks you know, say, well, 
everything was given back to Job in the end. Well, yeah, except for the family members that died. That still hurts. Those times are hard times. They are not good. There is no good that is found in death. There is no good that is found in suffering. They are bad. And it's okay to let them be bad. Death is not something that is part of God's design. Death is not part of nature. It is what we see in a corrupted nature, but it is not part of God's creation to begin with. Death is the opposite of God's creation. It's the undoing of God's creation. And so when those things come, it's okay to be hurt by them. It's okay to feel bad in the suffering. You don't have to discount them. As Job sat in the dust and ashes of things that were going on, his friends sat with him for a while, and then uh, they all tried to give a lot of the same reasons we give to try and help somebody buck up and pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and look at the good of things in life and, and not focus on the hurtful things at all because if you just don't focus on that and you focus on the positive, you can live your best life now and have all the good stuff. But in actuality, you all know it doesn't work that way. Stuff hurts. We see little ones in hospitals. One of the hardest things is putting ashes on a 10-month-old's head, saying, from dust you are and to dust you shall return. That's hard to get the words out of your mouth. For any of you, it's hard to look at all of these black, ashy crosses on your forehead and be reminded of this visual reminder that there is a time that we will also return to those ashes, to that dust. Yet, even in that, there's something that has been done, right? I heard a great phrase from one of my favorite seminary professors today as I was reading through, and it said, uh, he wrote on there, we, we do obviously come from dust and ashes created by God out of nothingness as he knits us together. And uh, from dust you will return, most likely, uh, unless Jesus comes back, right? But there's one absolute guaranteed thing. In dust you shall not remain. See, Jesus died for you, as we hear Paul writing, right? He is the one that's the reconciliation of the sinful to a holy God. He is the one that took our ashes, our dust, our sinfulness, Job's sinfulness, everybody's sinfulness upon his shoulders to carry them to a cross where very real suffering happened and very real death happened. It was not easy for him to bear that by any means. And if you want to have any account of that, read through the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus as he's praying drops of blood and saying, Father, would you take this cup from me? If there was any other way for the forgiveness of your creation to happen, would you take that out of my hands and let's do it a different way? Yet not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Father, as Jesus remained obedient to sit in the dust and ashes of your sins, to carry them upon himself, to hang upon a cross for them only to be laid in a tomb of dust and ashes as a man. So that he would fall into that 
pit, to be in that place of despair, to be where we would end up because of our sins so that his death would be our death. Or actually the other way around. Our death would become his death. So that he would walk into death and through death for you. Because in walking into death and through death and into all of those dust and ashes for you, he then gets to turn around and hand you his life. That's what you're baptized into, is life. You're baptized into his baptism, his death, and his resurrection, to where he then walks through that death, brings life back into creation, and then hands that creation or that life over to you freely as his beloved creation, because he has died and risen again so that he would have eternity with you so that you would live and not die and remain in the dust, but that you would be brought into the presence and, as we heard in that beautiful song, carried to the table of the Lord where he is going to care for you and feed you and provide for you so that there would be no more death or suffering or any of that. All those cries and laments and hurts of Job that you read all through all of, all of that as he is suffering in the midst of all the things that are going on are the very words that flow from Jesus' mouth as he hangs upon that cross and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we can look at that as he carries our laments and sadness and hurt and sufferings and sins and everything else. And when we feel forsaken, we can know that Jesus was right in the midst of that for us. He died for those very things. As he cries out your cries when things hurt. So that you would be able to smile as he smiled walking out of the tomb. So that when the day comes that Christ comes back and he says, Look, all my weary and heavy burdened people, take my yoke upon you. For I'm gentle. And my weight for you to carry, well, that's light, because I've already carried it. Like you don't have a weight to carry anymore. You don't have to work off anything before God anymore. All of that is done and accomplished in Christ. And in Him, we have life. Amen. We pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life which you have given us through your Son, Jesus. As he walked in to the messy dust and the ashes of our broken creation, only to reconcile it to you. To promise a day where we would be made fully whole and brought into eternity up out of the dust and ashes and into your glorious presence. We pray that through all the things that hurt, we remember that you are present, that you are with us, and that your life and your grace and your forgiveness, which you have given us, cannot be taken away from us. In Jesus' name we praise and thank you. Amen. I invite you to rise as we confess our faith through the